Welcome to episode 162 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and thank you so much for joining me. As I wrote in an e-newsletter earlier this month, the holidays are the most extroverted time of the year. There are parties, dinners, and other gatherings that ask us for our time and energy, but social media seems to kick into overdrive with posts about those very parties, dinners, and gatherings, along with fundraisers, year-end lists and stories, and marketing messages. It seems like we get it from all directions. And one of my tips is to turn down the volume particularly on the social media stimulation, stepping away from it whenever you can to take a true break from the high-pitched energy that it spins. One great way to do that is to lose yourself in a good book. And if you're an introvert like me, (laughs) you probably love books. We're kind of known for that. And um, I just discovered something that is um, both wonderful and a little dangerous. I just signed up for emails from a free service called bookbub.com that notifies me of ebooks on sale. And through that, I've discovered some new fiction in particular that has been a really great escape from reality over the past month. It's also inspired me to revisit my Kindle library to find books that I've purchased in the past but I've not read, like Big Little Lies, which I'm about 60% of the way through right now. It's fun to immerse myself in a different world with characters that I love, hate, and love to hate, and spend at least a little time each day one step removed from the demands of adulting. Which brings me to one of the best holiday traditions that I've ever heard of. You've probably heard of it because of social media, and it's called the Christmas Book Flood. It happens in Iceland, where gifts of books are exchanged on Christmas Eve, and everyone stays up reading through the night. You get cozy in your pajamas, have a mug of your favorite hot beverage nearby, and curl up under a warm blanket with your new book. Honestly, it sounds like introvert perfection to me. And I don't need just Christmas Eve to do that. I would do that any time of the year. And while I'm guessing that Icelanders prefer physical books over ebooks, I'm of the belief that any book is better than no book. This episode might inspire you to do more reading in the coming year, as my guest shares his passion for learning and the business it inspired. You can check out the episode webpage to learn more about readitfor.me and how you can join in the fun. While you're there, you're also going to find a link to the ebook version of my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, which right now, um, you know, today is December 12th. You're probably listening to this episode around that time. It's on sale for the incredible bargain of $1.99. And that includes the Kindle, Nook, iBook, Kobo, and Google versions. It makes a great gift for yourself and for the introverts in your life. I think it's on sale just through... Um, about Christmas. So get your copy before the price goes up again. And I will say, and this is both the author and me speaking as well as someone who um, loves to buy books, that even if it's not $1.99 anymore, it's still a great bargain. (laughs) And now on to our guest, Steve Cunningham. He's the founder of readitfor.me and has an eclectic background as the former owner of a digital marketing agency, a guitarist and songwriter, a hockey player, and a recovering lawyer. Now he feels grateful to read books for a living, and he's based in beautiful Toronto in Ontario, Canada. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. It's a pleasure to welcome you to the conversation today. Hey, Beth. Thanks for having me. Well, what is making you smile today? Oh, uh, that's a good question. 
Uh, my two little children always make me smile and, and get angry uh, every single day, both of them. Um, I'm here in Toronto. Uh, we're about to move to San Antonio, but today we're having our first real snowfall of the year. So, and my kids are outside playing in the snow and making snowmen and all that good stuff. So it's, uh, it's always a fun time of year. Yeah. Well, they're getting their fill before um, the Texas winters, which I would guess are very different than Toronto. <laughs> yeah, very different. But I'll, ironically, last week they got uh, the first snow there in 15 years. Oh, wow. Which I, which I believe made the front page of uh, CNN. So <laughs> big uh, deal. <laughs> I hope it's not a trend that will continue. I hope not, too. I hope not. So, well, I want to give listeners some context as we jump into our conversation about where you feel like you fall on that introvert extrovert spectrum and how has that awareness influenced your path as an entrepreneur so uh how do i figure out where i land on that scale mm. well um you know introvert it, it's i look at it as it's really about energy so it's about how you gain and drain energy so introverts will tend to gain energy in solitude and lower stimulation and drain energy during social interaction and extroverts are on the opposite end of that spectrum where they gain energy through the social interaction and are less likely to be energized by alone time or lower stimulation. And that's a very simplistic um, way of describing that spectrum. I also often think of it as the Friday night test. You know, it's Monday morning and you're already looking forward to Friday night. Are you thinking oh my gosh, I can't wait to walk through the door and relax and watch some Netflix and hang out and not have to see anybody all weekend? Or are you saying, oh, I can't wait till Friday night when it's time to go out with my friends and uh, you know get together with so-and-so over the weekend and be real social because, boy, the work week is not enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I, I don't know where I would end up on that scale, but I'll describe what brings me energy and what doesn't bring me energy. And I think maybe a mix of both. Um, mm -hmm. I think the, you know, when I'm done with this conversation, for instance, I'm going to be very energized. I love talking mm -hmm. about ideas. I love connecting with other like-minded people around, uh, talking about, you know, business and personal growth and those types of things. But if I'm in a social situation where I have to, you know, make small talk or, mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote network, those things are very draining yeah. for me. So I think it depends on what the conversation is like. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, same thing for, am I looking forward to going out on the weekend? It would have a lot to do with who I'm going out to hang out with and what we're going to be doing. So I would probably say I'd be more on the introvert scale. I would, you know, thinking about Friday nights, I'd love to crash on the couch, watch a little bit of Netflix and then fall asleep. <laughs> That's like my dream night. But if there's a stimulating conversation to go out and hang out with, then I would do that as well. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you're bringing up that point about it depends. Because <laughs> I think even introverts, you know, I, I too get energized by exchanging ideas and, and having really good conversations with maybe one person, a couple people, occasionally in a group, if it's the right group of people, that can leave me a little bit more energized, just like you described. Um, and so that's a reminder to all of us that just because someone leans introvert or identifies maybe on that side of the spectrum doesn't mean that we don't appreciate and enjoy social interaction. It's about, for me anyway, and I'm wondering about you, it's about quality over quantity for sure. Yeah, and I think it's, it has a lot to do with just, you know, the things that I'm interested in. Um, I don't enjoy... Mm -hmm. 
you know, talking about the weather or the latest gossip um, <laughs> or, you know, trying to make small talk at a cocktail party. Um, but I do love having in-depth conversations yeah. with people I can connect with. So um, selfishly, it's about doing things that I'm personally interested in. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that's selfish at all. <laughs> I doubt, I'm guessing a lot of listeners resonate with that, that perspective. How do you feel like that tendency has, has influenced you? I'm, or, you know, have you had an awareness of how it's influenced you? Well, I read books for a living. So um, that kind mm-hmm. of fulfill, you know, fills my bucket on that. You know, I, I get to spend, I do spend a lot of alone time and I'm not bothered by alone time and I enjoy it. Um, so I think it's influenced my career decisions. I've been an entrepreneur since I graduated from law school and um, I've kind of been lucky enough to carve my own path. And so I think either consciously or unconsciously, I've carved out a path for myself where I can spend a lot of time learning new ideas, thinking about things, uh, and then sharing what I'm learning with you know, what is now our thousands of customers around the world. But um, I just get energized by doing those things. So I think um, probably for the first while it was an unconscious thing where I just gravitated to the the work that I naturally enjoyed, but now I make a conscious effort to you know design my life around that mm-hmm. so that I am doing things all day that energize me and don't do the things that don't. And we just hired some new folks here at Redeformes to take some of those other things that I don't enjoy doing off of my plate so I can spend more time enjoying the things that I do. Which, you know, to kind of bring it full circle, would tend to be things that I would do alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And bringing in those other people is um, a really brilliant way to make sure that you can continue to balance all of the, the external facing things that I'm sure you have to do with a lot of the internal, um, more solo activities that do bring you that energy and that joy. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I, I want to trace a little bit of your journey, starting with um, the beginning. You had mentioned law school. And um, what I noticed from your LinkedIn profile was that, like so many entrepreneurs, your journey to right now has included a few detours, or at least what I would <laughs> what I would maybe think were detours, but they're, I'm sure they were part of the grand design at some point. Um, and I noticed that you're a recovering lawyer. Tell us about that particular detour and what you learned from that experience. Well, I, I like to say that uh, I am the world's shortest serving lawyer. I was a lawyer for exactly one week. <laughs> and I had initially went to law school because I, you know, I can be honest now because it's, it's been a few years since this has happened. I basically just didn't want to get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. My father had always wanted me to be a professional, whether that was a lawyer or a doctor and so uh, I went to law school, and uh, I quickly realized between my second and third year of law school, which is when I got a job at a firm uh, being a summer student, that I would probably uh, rather stick hot needles in my eyes than to do that for a living. So I <laughs> joked that law school does a really poor job of preparing you to be a lawyer, which I learned later yeah. it does an even worse job of preparing you to, to be a business person. But uh, so I made a deal with my father at the time who ran a small sign company. And I said, dad, I want to join the family business. And he said, well, if you get called to the bar, um, get all your schooling done and you still want to join the family business, then I'll, I'll reconsider it at that time. So I did that. Um, got called to the bar 
the law firm asked me to stick around for one week to finish up a file that I was working on. And now I get to tell the story that I was a lawyer for exactly one week. (laughs) One week. Well, it takes a lot of, even though it sounds like you had some signs, it takes a lot of courage to to say, this is not me and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, th- I think, and I forget who this quote's attributed to. I think it's Seneca. Uh, but, you know, you think about what's the worst thing that could possibly happen mm-hmm. if uh, things don't go the way you expect them to go. And at the end of the day, uh, I figured I would still be able to make a living doing something that I enjoyed or I could go back to the law if I wanted to. I was still uh, young. I didn't have a family. And so that's kind of been my my MO really throughout my career, which is, um, follow my path, think about what's the worst that could happen. And as long as it's not putting myself or my family in any kind of jeopardy, Mm -hmm. it's probably okay to do. So that's kind of how I've navigated my career and those, those few detours that you mentioned. And so I think you asked me like, how did that influence my career? Well, one of the things that you, you do in law school that you actually learn from law school. And I think maybe the only thing you learn from law school, is how to read an enormous amount of stuff every single day and go back the next day being able to summarize it in front of a group of people because the teachers tend to call on you at random in law school and then basically try to embarrass you in front of the rest of the class. So I got very good at reading a lot of stuff and I got very good at picking up the main points, which ironically has turned out to be the best training I ever could have had for the job that I have today, which is reading and summarizing business and personal development books. Yeah, I did not even make that connection. That's brilliant. <laughs> that is awesome. That I, that makes total sense that uh, I, I guess my favorite law school movie was Paper Chase. And I remember that happening a lot during the course of that where the professor, uh, I can't remember what his name was, but um, would call on people and uh, very much put them on the spot, which both as a person and as an introvert, to me, would be terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's completely terrifying. And imagine doing that every single day. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was always jealous of the people oh. who got called on the second or third day in class because uh, you knew you could relax for a little while. Um, but, it, yeah, it is terrifying, yeah, you know, going back to the the idea that most people are just completely terrified of public speaking. It was like that on, on steroids because you knew that you were not coming out of that interaction looking good. Yeah, it was not setting you up for success. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for sharing that that story and connecting those dots because we are going to come back to the, the read it for me piece. But I want to um, touch on another business that you have right now. It's a digital marketing agency called 330. And I'm curious first, how did you come up with that name? So that's part one of the question. And second, um, for the and this is getting into more uh, practical maybe advice uh, for listeners is for the typical small business owner, what questions should we be asking ourselves to determine the core of our marketing strategy? You know, I, I, that's a really good question. Uh, about six or seven years ago, I was uh, traveling around North America speaking to people about social media and how you can use it to grow your business. And I think if I, if I had one piece of advice for, and we're talking about small businesses here, right? Yes. Um, where you don't have an enormous budget, you don't have an enormous staff. Um, I think the you need to understand how to f- focus your energies where you're going to get the most results. Um, most businesses go out of business because they don't find one distribution channel that works really well for them. Um, and unfortunately, most people try to get uh, – 
traction in, you know, two, three, four, five, ten different channels. And so I would that'd be number one. Uh, find a channel that works and then mm-hmm. focus all of your energy on trying to maximize that channel before you go off and find other channels. Mm-hmm. The second piece of advice I would have, uh, and this is one that I was giving six or seven years ago and I think still holds very true today, is it's not important that you are on social media. It's important that everybody else is and how you think about your marketing strategy should take that into account. So you don't need to be on Facebook posting all day. You know, You don't need to be on Instagram posting all day. The important thing is to think about everybody else is doing that and how do you maximize that. And so, uh, you know, as an example with Rita for me, our, the one distribution channel that we've found to work extremely well for us is affiliate marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, so we focused all of our energy on getting really good at that. And, and the, you know, the results that we've achieved through that have been fantastic. And it's very tempting to go think about, you know, you know, what can we do on Facebook and what can we do on Instagram and you know, what kind of uh, YouTube videos can we create? But we haven't even scratched the surface of the one channel that is working well. So that's what I would say. And there's usually one, you know, there's usually a channel that most business owners can say, yeah, that's working pretty well. Well, that's where you should focus your energy. Yeah. Great advice. How did you come up with that name 330? Uh, yeah. So uh, we had this idea that the, and we called it 330, 330. So three seconds, 30 seconds, three minutes, 30 minutes of a journey of taking your customers or prospects through, um, in understanding your message. And so, you know, when you think about the attention span we have these days, you've probably got a few seconds, let's call it three seconds to capture somebody's attention. Um, and then if you've captured it for three seconds, you probably have got about, you know, 27 more seconds Mm. to give them their, your elevator pitch, quote unquote, I hate that term, but (laughs) most people understand what it is. So I use it. Um, and if you get past that, you probably get a few minutes. And if you get past that, you're probably into your full-blown sales pitch. So the idea is to take somebody from that three seconds all the way to the 30 minutes. So in three seconds, your goal is not to tell people everything that you do. Your goal is to try to buy the next 30 seconds of attention. And in those first 30 seconds, your goal is to buy the first three minutes of attention and so on so that eventually you're giving them your sales pitch. So that was kind of the message that we brought uh, to our customers and how we uh, did our work for them. And that's where 330 came from. Awesome. I, I love hearing the backstories of, of how business names came to be. And yours was a mystery to me. And I, I thought, is it 3.30 as in the time? And is that some sort of magic hour? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it did have to do with time. So I appreciate um, that in the course of uh, sharing that with us, you gave us another tidbit of information. And I especially want to uh, repeat and reiterate both for myself and everyone else that idea that you don't have to tell your whole story in that first three seconds, that the goal is to hook somebody so that you can keep going with them. I think we can forget that. I think we have to, to tell everything. And uh, we just, we don't. Yeah. And, you, and not only you don't have to, you can't. Yeah. It's yeah. just simply not possible. Uh, so I, th- I think most people spend far too much time thinking about that and trying to nail that when all they really need to do is get people to pay attention for the next 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, let's move on to the business. And it's the one I have direct experience with. And, you know, it's interesting you say that the affiliate marketing is the most effective channel because that's exactly how I came to it um, was through a colleague. Um, We were on a phone call and and I can't remember exactly how it came up, but she said, hey, I just joined this this thing. Do you want to hear about it, you know, and learn about it? And I said, sure. And she sent me an invitation to join for free. And as soon as I saw what it was all about, 
I, I believe I signed up for a lifetime membership. So um, it worked <laughs> and it's great. And it seems to be on the other side of the coin from what you were doing at 3.30. So instead of about creating great content and, you know, the, the channels for it, it seems to be about consuming that great content. So how can we be better consumers and learners of all of that wonderful information out there without going to law school and learning how to speed read and <laughs> be able to summarize things? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I strongly suggest nobody goes to law school. That's number <laughs> one. Um, I think, you know, I, we're going through some strategic thinking about our business right now. And one of the issues that I've realized over the years of reading all of these books but also spending a lot of time with some of the world's most successful people is people spend way too much time trying to consume more information, which is ironic, I know, coming from a company <laughs> that condenses information um, and is our core product. But um, the the idea that learning is about consuming information, I think, is one that's got stuck in our heads since we've been, it's been beaten to our heads since we've been kids in school. Okay. So if you think about any anything that might be written about, you know, how do you learn better? It's all about reading faster. It's all about remembering more information. And that's, those are the types of things that our, our brains are biologically designed not to do. Uh, they suck at it. We suck at remembering. Uh, we suck at consuming information faster. And so I think um, it's, it's going to sound counterintuitive uh, coming from a company that, again, condenses information for people. It's more about getting the big idea in whatever domain that you're working in. Let's just say it's marketing. And then directly putting into action uh, for your business. Um, and that is the, the message that I think we're going to be spending the next, you know, three to five years really championing is that you really don't need more information. You need, you need more action. And that's where the learning really happens. Yeah. How do you at read it for me, help people take things into action? Well, we're just starting down that, that path with the, with a program we're calling our masterclass program. And, you know, we've always known and I've always felt that that should be our mission is to get people into action mm -hmm. um, rather than just consuming more information. Ironically, the most of our customers are already voracious uh, consumers of books and podcasts and blogs. But with this program, which is about eight weeks in right now, what we found was that we're helping a lot of these types of people, A-type personalities, successful entrepreneurs, really get focused in on taking the biggest ideas in a certain domain of right now we're working through the top 52 personal development books of all time and then having a structure to put them into action. So, and so without getting into all the gory scientific details, there's a, there's a, a learning theory called experiential learning. And most people think of it as learning by doing because that's the three second tagline, but that's really not what it is. What it is, is this four step uh, loop that you go through, which goes from taking a concept to thinking about how it might work in your life or your business and designing an experiment around it, then taking that action. And the last step, which is the one that most people uh, completely skip, is reflecting on how it went mm -hmm. and then making adjustments for the next time around. So it's really this formal four-step uh, process that we go through. And if we do it in a conscious way as opposed to just kind of meandering through life 
um, the results you get from it are uh, incredible. So that's really what we're focusing our time and energy on is getting people focused on here are the big ideas in certain domains. And I, and I don't want to make your podcast a, a two hour session here, but <laughs> just quick, just quickly on this point. So let's just say there's an idea. Uh, the, one of the books in, in our program is called the one thing right. by Gary Keller and Jerry Papasan. It's a fantastic book. Um, most people take out of the book, this is what you need to do in order to focus in your life. And you should only be doing one thing because you can't multitask. And a lot, a lot of the same things that most people have heard, uh, over and over again with the twist of there's this idea in there called the focusing question, which says, what should I do either today, this week, this month, or this year such that by doing it, everything else is easier or unnecessary, which really changes your mindset to, I should be doing things today that will make tomorrow easier. And the easiest analogy I can pull out from that uh, to help people understand that concept is with marketing. So rather than writing a an email newsletter today, you might write an autoresponder series that will automatically run forever until you tell it to stop. Uh, that would make tomorrow easier, and then you can start focusing on the one-off types of things. Mm-hmm. So that's a very easy concept to understand. Um, I could uh, I just explained it to you in less than two minutes, I think. And you don't really need to know more to go put it into action. Mm-hmm. So the idea with what we're doing is that we're giving you those main concepts in a short amount of time. And really the next step is don't go uh, and th- believe you need to read the book, but maybe go and apply it once or twice and see how it goes. And you'll probably be pleasantly surprised at the results. Then if you want to master it, go ahead and take a deeper dive. But most people falter on, if I don't feel like I've mastered this idea, I'm not going to apply it. And that's the, according to the science, the exact wrong way to go about it. Yeah. So you're really doing us a great service because it's, um, there are so many books out there and they're all full of, you know, at least one or two or three really, really great points and ideas that if we did put into action would really make a difference. At least for me, sometimes I can get overwhelmed by thinking I have to, again, you know, like master the whole thing and it's an all or nothing. And so I appreciate that you're encouraging us to say, you know, what's the main idea that you can pull out, do something with so that you really integrate it. And in some cases, maybe that's enough. And other cases, you might, like you said, want to do that deeper dive. So you're giving us that taste and letting us say, I want more, or that's enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the principle that you know we try to get across is that you really haven't learned it unless you've lived it. Yeah. Um, and you know, another example I use, there's this, there's this business school, uh, an MBA program out of Austin called the Acton School of Business. It's mm-hmm. a standalone school. An entrepreneur started it. And um, when so they teach you a bunch of things about, around entrepreneurship. One of them is selling, which is one of the most important things you need to learn as an entrepreneur, and, and most people don't learn it. But they teach them some concepts, and then what they do is they send them out in, into uh, a door-to-door selling scenario, and they have to go sell books, which people could otherwise find on Amazon for three three times the cost. So they're selling something door to door that's three times more expensive than someone I can just click on and buy in two seconds online. And you don't really learn 
much about sales until you've gone and knocked on someone's door. You've interrupted them. um, They get mad at you. You start all having all these emotions about, you know, this person doesn't like me. Like that's what it's all about. And for almost all of the concepts that you'll learn out of business books or personal development books, that's the case. You don't really learn anything because it's really a journey about learning about yourself. Um, and one of the interesting things that's been happening in this masterclass program is that the people who are going through it are realizing even in all these books, which seem completely different, uh, there's, there's a thread running through all of them and they're all connected in some way. And so really the number of big ideas out there is not that great. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a core number of big ideas you need to master and, um, it's less than you think, but the important part is to do it. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what we're working on. Um, and so far so good. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the success so far and it is a really great program and I'll make sure that there's a link in the show notes to, for people to learn more about it. Um, I'm going to wrap up our conversation with what I know is a very unfair question, (laughs) uh, considering what you do for a living and, and, uh, read it for me, but, uh, you have been granted a three week, all expenses paid vacation on introvert Island, and you can only take three books with you. What would you take with you and why? It's a really good question. And it's not a fair question. Um, (laughs) because I read a book a day, so I'm gonna have to read these over and over again. But, um, so I'm going to pick books that I would like to read over and over again. So, um, one of the books that I'm obsessed with, uh, this year, and I think probably for the years to come is a book called principles by Ray Dalio. Mm -hmm. Um, do you know Ray Dalio? I know of him because of you. So, (laughs) okay, well, there you go. So for those of you who are listening, Ray Dalio, yeah, runs the world's largest hedge fund. Um, he's one of the probably the, one of the most successful entrepreneurs ever to roam the planet, and he's distilled down thirty years of his work into basically. Uh, when you first look at the book, you'll see there's hundreds of principles in here, um, but if you just read the introduction, you're going to realize how he got to those principles, and really it was uh, learning through experience taking big ideas from different genres and disciplines and applying them to his business, which is a hedge fund, seeing how it goes, and then kind of building up this machine that he's used to apply uh, for any situation that he encounters. I think it's going to be probably in the business and personal development realm, uh, if not the most important book of all time in that genre, one of the top five or top ten. So I'd bring that one. Um I would also probably bring some spy novels. So mm-hmm. I'll probably try to pick an anthology <laughs> where I could put like a box set type of thing. Sure. Where I could uh, try to cheat the rules. That's my guilty pleasure. I lo- I, for some reason, I love uh, spy novels and CIA type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the third book, I would probably, I'm thinking about books that I've read multiple times that I would love to read again. Um, the book, called Black Swan by Nicholas Nassim Taleb, which is, uh, he's one of those authors that I would instantaneously buy whatever he writes, um, sight on scene, and um, gets you to think really deeply about issues. And I always walk away with uh, a lot of insights about how I can change what we're doing in our business uh, because I've you know tweaked a little bit of my thinking and the results are usually spectacular. So those are the three books I would uh, take 
cheating on one. <laughs> uh, but I think if in if you asked me, you know, next year or even next week, those three might change. Yeah, definitely. Well, you can take more than one three-week vacation a year, so we can. Oh, <laughs> you can okay. I didn't know. <laughs> I think you can. You know. <laughs> so, well, um, Steve, how can people connect with you and learn more about Read It for Me? I uh, go to www.readitfor.me, and uh, you'll find everything you need to know right there. Awesome, awesome. Well, I will make sure again that that's in the show notes as well as um, how to connect with you on LinkedIn. And thank you so much for the generosity of your time and expertise and um, and thank you for providing such a wonderful service to the world I've, I'm enjoying it myself and um, I hope many 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 others do as well in the coming years so thank you so much thanks Matt thanks for having me if you're ready to do more reading and learning in 2018 I highly recommend readitfor.me's service it's a terrific way to get just what you need from the most popular business and personal development books out there. And what's cool is, as Steve was describing, it's not just that you get, um, actually, I don't know if he said this, you you get the summaries in um, visual form, you know, written form, but you also, uh, there are several of them that are in audio form as well as visuals. So there's a video that accompanies the summary. So no matter how you learn, you can um, absorb the information in the way that it will stick with you. And once you've looked at those summaries, then you can decide which ones you want to purchase so that you can do that deeper dive that Steve and I talked about. And you'll find the link to learn more on the episode webpage at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash podcast. This will be the final episode for 2017, since Christmas and New Year's are just around the corner, and I am neck deep in boxes preparing for our cross-country move at the end of the month. We'll be settled in Michigan by mid-January, and my goal is to get the next episode out as soon as possible in the new year. Thank you for sticking with me through these changes and for being a loyal listener. I really appreciate it. If you want to learn more about my coaching, speaking, and training services, you can visit my website at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. I have very limited openings for the new clients in the new year, so if you would like to chat about your needs, please be in touch soon. Coaching partnerships support action, accountability, and continuous growth and learning. Together, we can work on setting priorities, moving through any roadblocks that you might be experiencing, aligning strategies with your strengths, and moving you towards your vision of your best self. If all of that sounds good to you, send me an email at beth at theintrovertentrepreneur.com or fill out the online query form. I would love to talk with you. Thank you so much for joining me. And thanks to Paul Messing, my podcast producer. Happy holidays to you and yours. And I hope the new year brings you peace, joy, and as much introvert time as you need to be happy, healthy, and wise. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur. It's been a pleasure sharing this time with you. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. Mm-hmm.